Hi, welcome back to Our View, where we talk about life, travel, and real estate. I'm Lisa Richard Hernandez, and I'm here today with my husband, George Hernandez. How are you, George? I'm doing great. How's everybody out there? <laughs> this has been a crazy busy week for us, and uh, we just got the podcast launched this week. Got an exciting letter that we're going to go to PodFest in March, so that's exciting news. But we've been planning for a big Super Bowl party that we have at our house every year. We've got about 100 people that come to our house. And um, this year, since it's in Miami, we're doing a Cuban theme. So it should be good. Uh, Mandy, George's oldest daughter, is making picadillo. It's one of George's favorite things. And I'm making mojitos. So anyways, that's about our week. But we sat down and talked about our podcast and wanted to talk about our travels because that's something that's always interesting to people. And one of the, you know, we were like, which, gosh, which vacation do we start to talk about first, right? Yeah, so let's uh, start from the beginning. Yeah, so we decided let's start from the beginning, which um, is our honeymoon. And we, we took our honeymoon in Bora Bora because it was something that was on both of our bucket lists, but there was a lot kind of more that was involved. Well, when we decided to do Bora Bora, we realized that because of how far away it is, we really needed to plan accordingly. And we didn't want to travel all that distance for five days or a week. So we decided to do a 15-day honeymoon. And as I started doing the research for it, I realized a lot going on. So I found a travel agency based out of California that basically all they do is uh, travel to Tahiti. So... If you're planning a trip, I would highly recommend using a, a travel agent. The main reasons was they sent the, they took care of everything. When we stepped off the plane, there was somebody waiting to take us to the hotel. When we got out of the hotel, there was somebody waiting to take us to the, to the piers. And as we explain our honeymoon and tell you about it, you'll see that using a travel agent just made it so smooth. We enjoyed all our time. We didn't have any headaches of, oh my God, how are we going to get to this place? How are we going to get to... Everything was taken care of. So plan accordingly would be a huge suggestion that I would give you. Yeah, I mean, I remember we we do... Well, George is usually our travel planner, so you know he'd been researching on the internet, like going to these different places, and we talked about how long we wanted to go because it takes two days to get there and two days to get back. And I was like, you know... I don't think I want to stay in just one place for 10 days looking at all the websites and stuff like that because not for nothing, but I felt like we might get kind of bored. And, I mean, we're people that love Las Vegas. Like, that's where we met, and there's a million things to do there. And as much as I love to just lay on the beach, we also live at the beach. So I was kind of nervous about that. So I remember the day when I came home, and you're, I mean, you practically opened the door, you're like, I found our honeymoon. <laughs> you were so excited. Yeah, I was very. That's when I had found the uh, the travel agent, and her and I spoke, and and we just instantly she gave me all these suggestions. She gave me low budget items to, you know, five star top of the line things, and and I just picked and chose things that I knew we would like. So when I sat down and I, I told Lisa what I had put together. It, it it was just instantly 
Let's go. Green light. Let's go. Let's make this happen. Yeah, we were definitely super excited. So once we got our whole itinerary and stuff, we had to start packing, which was... That was a whole nother... So because we did just like part of our trip in a catamaran, they suggested that we don't we we had to have a soft sided suitcase. Like basically like duffel bags. Yeah, they they didn't want anything with wheels. So everything had to be carried on. And they wanted duffel bags because it's soft sided so that they can tuck it into you know, you gotta keep in mind it's a catamaran. There's not a lot of storage, so they've got to kind of cram it into whatever space they can. So if you walk on with this big giant plastic suitcase that doesn't give it's just a massive headache for them but we'll we'll, talk talk about that a little bit later (laughs) so we booked our honeymoon we made sure our passports were good we did all of our initial got our parents parents lined up to watch the kids convince them to stay at our house for 20 days after the wedding so George's parents, Abuela and Abuela, and Grandma Betty stayed yeah. with the four teenagers while we were gone, which is awesome. So we at least didn't have to worry about them. Yeah, and it was nice. The kids got a really long chance to hang out with their grandparents. My parents live in Miami. Lisa's mom lives in Tampa. So we don't see them as often as we'd like to. So it was nice for the kids to, to hang out, and we knew they were in safe hands. So that was one less thing that we had to worry about. So let's start talking about our... We flew from Charleston, South Carolina to LAX, and we stayed in LA for one day. Just overnight. Just overnight to break it up a little bit, which again was a suggestion from the the travel agent. I think was a great suggestion. It, It gave our bodies a chance to get acclimated to that time change before we jumped on another airplane to go to another time change. Just... So, For fun facts, Tahiti is a five-hour time difference, and it's 5,753 miles from Charleston, South Carolina. So that's a big time difference um, that your body has to get used to. So we stayed and had dinner dinner in L.A. that night, and then we got up and got to the airport kind of early. George always likes to get to the airport early. And they we get so we Sorry, get, I'm that guy. Yeah. I have to be there. Two to three hours before my <laughs> flight. I don't ever want to miss a flight. We always, we're, we're famous for sitting in the airport for hours, but that's all right. Anyways, so we get there, first people, and they said, oh, there's a first class upgrade. Do you guys want to do it? So we talked about it. We're like, ah, what the heck? You know, it's our honeymoon. Let's go ahead and upgrade to first class. Woohoo! So little did we know, though, that the first <laughs> class upgrade, which was like, I think it was at least $1,000. Each. Each. Yeah. And that was my fault because I didn't really, I, you know, I said to the uh, the girl at the counter, sure, I'm, we'll take the upgrade. So we got the upgrade. We're high-fiving each other and, you know. Get to go to the special lounge. Yeah, and get the little lounge. Sat there. And- so we get on Tahiti Air and uh, this plane must have been from 1960s, maybe <laughs> early least, 70s. Maybe. It was an old plane. So first class is 1970s first class, which was nice. Don't get me wrong. The seats reclined, almost laid down all the way back. The service uh, was great. The service was fantastic. 
Um, they had like flowers in their hair and Tahitian clothes on. And... Yeah, and they gave us the little goodie bags with slippers and eye masks and headphones, all the typical stuff that you kind of get but, in first class. But the TV was literally like black and white and you couldn't watch any movies that were like so if sketchy. It worked, if it worked. But whatever, it is still better than sitting and coach. I can only imagine what that was like. Just don't don't expect a uh, first class American Airlines uh you know, yeah, pod just, to sleep in in your first class. It's an older airplane. Yeah. Just yeah, keep that okay. in mind. So we arrive in Tahiti. It was what, 11 o'clock at night? 11 o'clock at night. So we were exhausted by then. So again, because the travel agent booked everything, we got off the airplane. We, as soon as we went to get our bags, there was a guy standing there with our names. We walked up to him and he took us to the hotel. We checked in no problem, got in our bed. And went to sleep. I mean, it was 11 o'clock at night, probably close to midnight by the time we got physically in the bed. So we were done. We were exhausted. Yeah, because 11 o'clock at night there, it's five hours later in the United States. So to our bodies, it felt like four o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah, so we were exhausted. But we couldn't see anything either because it was dark when we got there. Right. So we woke up early. We were so excited to just kind of see the outside. We just wanted to see that water and the, the, the beauty of Tahiti. So we flew in at night. We drove to the hotel at night. We saw nothing. It was like being blindfolded the whole first day of your uh, honeymoon. So the next morning we woke up, I mean, right at, as soon as the sun came up and we were running outside to the beach and we just sat there and just looked at everything, looked at the water, looked at the like crystal the, blue water, crystal blue water, mountains, the, the just different part of the world. So we were just soaking it all in. And I, I believe it or not, lugged a drone around with me our whole honeymoon. So boom, put, really? it, up, put it up in the air and I, I got really got cool, cool footage yeah. of uh, Tahiti. Um, but we didn't stay long in Tahiti. We well, had that, breakfast, and then a, sh- a bus took us to the ferry, to Morea. It was a high-speed ferry. The ride over was beautiful. As, as you're crossing over, you go from crystal clear water to the deepest blue water I've ever seen in my life. It was... You couldn't even really capture it on yeah, camera. You really... Pictures, pictures did it no justice. Yeah. Um, and then as you're approaching Morea... In my mind, my crazy mind, I just kept envisioning, okay, imagine an explorer who's coming up to this island for the first time, and it was just breathtaking how beautiful it was. Like, the tip of the mountains were, like, in the clouds. It was kind of like Fantasy Island or something. Yeah, like, you felt like you were going I was ready for a tattoo to bring yeah. us. <laughs> so yeah, when it was we ride, beautiful. But they call it Morea the Island of Lovers, right? I think, I think yeah. so. It was when we were there. Um, so we arrived in Morea, and again, get off the ferry, and there's a gentleman waiting for us to transfer us from, to the hotel. from the pier to... We stayed at Hotel Hilton Morea Lagoon Resort and Spa. Long name. There, I booked a private bungalow. We had our own little dipping pool. It was beautiful, and then... Me being the romantic I am, I had them, when we arrived, they had uh, flower petals on the bed shaped in the shape of a heart, 
and I ordered this beautiful fruit basket so we could just kick into honeymoon mode. It was awesome. It, it, it was, was really yeah. beautiful. And we yeah. final, that was the first place that we finally were able to relax. <sighs> yes, take that first <laughs> yeah. deep breath and say, okay, we're here for a couple days. Let's relax. Yeah, we were there for three nights. Yes, we were there for three nights. It was beautiful. Again, the service and the people were top of the line. So when we were in Morea, we did the dolphin excursion. That's what we did while we were there. And that was, it was, it was okay. Kind of touristy. That was the only thing that I didn't like about it. Well, I mean, it was cool. You got to swim with the dolphins. You know, you, they put you in the water. You get there. But the biggest thing is, like, they, you, they wouldn't let you bring your camera or anything so then they you know of course won 150 dollars for the photos for it but i guess you know when in rome that's what you do so it wasn't bad but i wouldn't it wasn't like a life-changing experience or anything like that but we spent a lot of time at the beach in maria and our private little dipping pool that was awesome and that's kind of where we started to get the vibe of like okay there's not a lot going on really at nighttime at nine o'clock it was kind of like done everything kind of shut down and I and I I guess I kind of get it it's uh a top honeymoon location so people are there for their honeymoon so by eight o'clock nine o'clock after dinner everybody's back in their rooms which is fine we we enjoyed that part of it and relaxing and it was very laid back but we're also the kind of people that we love to go out and meet new people and hang out and party At least for a little while yeah yeah for a little while and there was just none of that so keep that in mind yeah so so we were there for three days and relaxed and enjoyed it and then we got on an airplane i believe and went to um that's when we went over we flew air tahiti to and i'm gonna destroy these names because um but Rye Town was uh, Ratea Tahea, <laughs> where we <laughs> were taken to the Tahiti Yacht Charter Company, and that's where we picked up our catamaran. I was so looking forward to that. That was a big part uh, of the honeymoon. I would say that was our best part of the honeymoon. That was my favorite part. We um, were four nights on the catamaran? Four nights on the catamaran. It was just Lisa and I, a captain, and a local Polynesian girl that was our chef. And let me tell you, this girl, I don't know how she did it. We used to own a boat, and we know what it's like cooking on a boat. How she made these meals and prepared them was astonishing because... Go ahead. All day long. I think she cooked, like, all day. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. All day long in the smallest kitchen you can imagine. Everything was made from scratch. Even the, like, mayonnaise she made was, like, aioli. Yes, I mean, it was, it was incredible. Fresh fruit and French bread and coffee every morning on the back of the catamaran. Yeah. It was really cool. They So the she only spoke French, though, right? And she spoke a little bit, a of, little English, bit of English. Very not well. very good English, but the captain was French and English, and he, he took us to... Well, the, the cool thing with the catamaran was as soon as we met the captain, we left, obviously, the, the yacht club... And the first thing he did was kind of give us a tour of the boat so we were familiar with it. And then he sat down with us and he said, okay, what do you guys want to do? And we were like, uh, not sure. So it was great because he, 
he had a basically a, a, a plan because he had to get the catamaran from the island where we picked it up to Bora Bora. So we actually did. We went all around the French Polynesian islands. Right, for and three we days. sailed from one island to the other. So he sat down with us and he said, "Okay, here's where we are today. Here are your options. We can go snorkeling. We can go to the." Pearl Farm, we can go to the Vanilla Farm, or we can just drop anchor and you guys can, they had uh, paddle boards, they had floats, they had a little dinghy that you could use, whatever you wanted to do. But he, he just totally left it up to us, gave us suggestions and left it up to us. So I think the first day we just said, just go to wherever you're, you're going to moor for the night and we'll just hang out there. And when I tell you Again, with the drone, I put the drone up in the air and I got pictures of the catamaran. And when I tell you that it, the pictures, it looked like it was floating because the water was so clear that you could see the shadow of the catamaran at the bottom of... It looked like it was floating on air. Yeah. Because like the was, water like there was, was no so water. Clear. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we have got some great footage with the drone. We can put that on our um, our view Instagram. Not the drone footage, but yeah, the some photos of it. It was really cool. Like, at nighttime... It was incredible. It w- you could see literal galaxies in the stars. There were so many stars at night. We would lay on the the netting, the netting the- like in the front of the catamaran. You know where you could, where you've seen that? What's I guess it's called netting. I don't know what yeah. else. I mean, we would just lay there at night with blankets and just look at the stars. It was just like, and there's zero light pollution because it's it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Not Pacific is a Pacific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so many stars. It was incredible. It was the most beautiful thing I've, I've ever seen as far as being able to see oh, the stars. sky, the stars so clearly. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so I can't remember how what order of events we actually did, but the one of the one every day we did like three different things at least, like went snorkeling or went on a tour thing. So, he took us to this island and brought us to this vanilla bean farm. Yes. He said, would you guys like to go visit the vanilla bean farm? And we're like, okay, sure. So he took us close enough. Then we took the dinghy over to shore. And um, he introduced us to this gentleman who owns a vanilla farm. The whole process, he walked us through the process of actually harvesting vanilla beans. And I have a whole new respect for that industry. The the care that goes into growing a vanilla bean was unbelievable. Just from where it has to grow, how it has to grow, what the farmer has to do to pollinate the, the, the plant. It is a labor of love, let me tell you. I mean, they have to like literally massage each vanilla bean. And I mean, it was, it was yeah, intense. I mean, we, we, you know, I guess not knowing, you think you just plant a, like a vanilla seed. I don't know. That was like the best vanilla I had ever had, too. We actually bought some yeah, beans and I mean, brought them home. And yes, it, it was incredible. And they had vanilla powder there. Yes, we bought a bunch of that. That was something that we didn't have in the United States, or at least I hadn't seen. And then, of course, so our Polynesian girl that night made us an incredible dinner with this vanilla powder. It was grilled swordfish with a vanilla cream sauce and like some kind of vegetables yes and we i made her give me the recipe if 
if we could have licked the plate clean, we would have, but we were kind of embarrassed. It, it was just that good. And we would highly recommend that if you ever get a chance to go, if you're there and you get a chance to go to the vanilla farm, go check it out. It, it, it will blow your mind how long it takes to process or, or grow a vanilla bean. So one of the other excursions that we did while we were on our honeymoon in the catamaran was the pearl farm. That was really cool. We got to see the pearl divers. and um, Yeah, it was, it was fascinating because he pulled us right up to this house. And it's a family-run business, and they've been there forever. And it was a, another tour that we would highly recommend if you're in the area. This happened to be in Tahiti. If you happen to be in Tahiti <laughs> on a catamaran... In They'll the take middle of there. the ocean. Yeah, it's, uh, it was really interesting it, how long it takes to cultivate the pearls. The house was full of pearls. We got to do some shopping, and that yes. was really neat. We got back to the catamaran and had a fabulous lunch. So the next thing we did was the coral gardens, uh, snorkeling through the coral gardens, and that was probably the highlight of my trip. It was so beautiful, one of my very favorite things, wouldn't you say? Yeah, the, the fish that we saw, the, there were so many fish. And we got the opportunity to swim amongst them. And I was surprised that just the... The most, I mean, thousands of fish. I've ever seen in my life or swam with. Yeah, like a lot of times we go snorkeling and they're like trying to feed the fish to get them to come around. And I mean, we're talking, there was a school of probably a thousand of those yellow and black fish that are so beautiful that you literally just swim through. And sometimes that might sound scary to some people, but it's not scary. It's the most incredible thing ever and like none of the fish touch you or bite you or anything like that it was just there's deep areas and shallow areas and so many colors and i could have done that never been bored i think totally agree yep so that was that was the last thing we did and then the the catamaran dropped us off at our over the water bungalow which was the main purpose to go to bora bora and stay at this beautiful over the water (laughs) bungalow what was the name of the resort that we stayed at george the name of the resort was the Hotel Bora Bora Pearl Beach Resort and Spa. Another oh. long name. We'll put that in the notes of um, of the show notes too. So if you want to check it out, but um, the 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 bungalows are beautiful. They have the glass floor, so you can see the fish underneath. You can they slide open. You can put water, food down there, and you know they come around. And yeah, you know, the, the food was great. We did some excursions. You know, we did jet skiing and things like that. But you know, in reality. At the end of the day, there really isn't a lot to do again. By 9 o'clock, everything sort of shut down. As much as you're on your honeymoon, I think we played a lot of cards. <laughs> a lot of King's Quarters. Played a lot which of I cards. won all of the games, by the way. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, we, we enjoy the time together, and George and I love to hang out together. But sometimes you just want to, like, be with other people and have some social activity. Like I said, That's we went to Vegas the- or see shows even. or I mean, there wasn't... Really much at all. Yeah. I guess they did have a Polynesian dancing night one night. That they was did, and and a they, little, but that was nice. And again, like Lisa said, one big reason we we love vacations is meeting new people and talking to them and finding out about their. You know, there's there's people from, especially there. We thought, oh my god, there's gonna be people from all over the world. This is gonna be so cool. And, and we did meet some people. We met some people, but God, we've probably met more people and. The, Anywhere in the Bahamas. Cruises. Yeah, yeah, or, or, yeah, or we have a great time when we go to the all-inclusive resorts that we do. And we'll talk more about those in a different podcast. 
But I guess to kind of wrap this up, like our, our the moral of the story of this honeymoon was that Bora Bora was on our bucket list and, you know, life is short, right? We want to do things. If we can do it, do it and try to, to get do the things that you want to do. And so we did this and we're happy we did it. I'm definitely, you know, not disappointed that I did it. But if you asked me, would you do it again? The answer would be no. Um, it was too expensive. I mean, just the drinks were $25 each. A, a club I called it was $25 Island. Yeah. You couldn't get a drink for under $25. And it's, you know, there may be some people that are listening. They're like, 25 bucks, no big deal. It doesn't matter. And we kind of went on our honeymoon with the idea of like, we're only going to be here once. So we're going to buy and do whatever we want to do because we're probably not going to be coming back here anytime soon. And so we did that. But looking back, like, could we go somewhere in the Bahamas for a fraction of and still have crystal blue water? And like, we love Bimini and and be so much closer. We Yeah, we definitely could. So So my take on this, my last two cents is if it's on your bucket list and you you have a strong desire to go to Bora Bora, go. It's beautiful. You will not be disappointed in the least bit. What to expect? It's going to be expensive, super expensive. I really don't know where you could cut corners to lower the price. We went with a, basically what I said to Lisa when I booked the honeymoon was, this is our honeymoon. I don't want to worry about money. Let's just have fun and, you know, let's not go crazy, but let's not try to nickel and dime our honeymoon. So, but again, I don't know where we could have cut cut costs. I also want to say, like, several single people have asked me, oh my God, I want to go to Bora Bora. Not a singles place. I would not say that is a singles place at all. Like, I would say 90% of the people that we ran into were there on their honeymoon. It was mostly all couples and everybody was in bed by nine o'clock at night, no matter where we went. There was no nightlife. There was nothing else to do during the day besides go on an excursion or lay by the on beach. the beach. Yeah. And you can do that a million places that have a lot more nightlife and things to do. The natives, there's only 10,000 people that live on the island. So you're not going to get some sort of nightlife. There's no bunch of restaurants to go to. You stay in the resort. Like, that's it. There's nothing else. You're not going to... I mean, there's a pool table, but... That's about it. Right. And, and again, we weren't looking for a singles resort. Maybe there is. Maybe there is some fabulous nightlife that we missed, but we really, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think, yeah. I don't think we missed it. We asked around, we looked for it and it just wasn't there. Yeah. So again, from us to you, if it's on your bucket list, do it. You'll love it. Yeah. Life's too short. So thank you again for listening. I hope our words will help give you some inspiration in your travels, help you in small, some small way. The biggest compliment you can give us is sharing our podcast with your friends and on your social media. Follow us at Our View Podcast on Instagram. You can also, if you have any questions about our travel, feel free to message us on our Instagram at Our View Travel, or I'm sorry, Our View Podcast, or you can email me at info at lisarichard.com. And, um... We love your questions and new topic ideas, so uh, please reach out to us and feel free. Otherwise, thanks very much, and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.